your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. Have you heard this one, Spencer? No, this is a funky this remix. Is, this is Run DMC. The Turbo Professor uh, clued me in on this one. Christmas in the Hollis, or Christmas in Hollis. One of the better Christmas songs. It's uh, on my timeout, my timeout list of uh, top Christmas song, top sixty-five Christmas songs. I don't know why it's sixty-five and not seventy or fifty or a hundred, but it's sixty-five and it's number seventeen on the list. You know, maybe it's the same strategy that you know sell- sellers use. They put point nine nine instead of just making it a full dollar <laughs> amount. I mean, they could have added four, and that would have been a little bit more interesting. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Spencer Wilkins in here. I was going to go old last name. Spencer Wilkin, or we call her Mrs. Photon, too, or she calls her. I think she. you gave yourself that nickname, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's my, it's my Bill Nye, the science guy, but nothing rhymes well with Spencer. So, <laughs> Miss Photon it is. Miss Photon. And, okay, what is a photon? Uh, that's, that's is, actually it, a very is it interesting fun, or not? I mean, it's very, very high. It's light. I mean, it's, that's what light is. Light's photons. Okay. So if you keep it that simple, yes, it is very interesting. So you're full of yourself then because you're, look uh, at me, I'm the light. Full of fo- yes. <laughs> I glow. <laughs> I consider myself a high energy physicist. Ah, the bumps. Spencer is the UW lacrosse outreach coordinator, right? That's, that's the... And, and then can you just e- explain what that is? Yeah. Oh, man, it changes, it feels like. Ah. Um, in simplest terms, my job is to bring joy to all the uh, boys and girls in lacrosse. What are you, Santa Claus? I am first Santa. Your, first you're light, now you're Santa. What I kind am. of head did you come in here with? Like, uh, <laughs> yep. Barely fit through the door. Barely fit through the door. <laughs> uh, nope, I bring joy. Uh, no, I, I create science camps for kids and another non-science camps like art camps which i guess is steam and music camps and and all other kinds of things and and more importantly i help professors um connect with the community and share what they love with students as well all right so the point of your job somewhat is okay science camp for kids yep uw lacrosse wants to I mean, the, the, we so we need somebody to do this to get kids interested in science. Like I when like I would talk about this all the time when I was a kid, basketball camp, football camp, went to all those things. And in the grand scheme of things, I did not become a professional basketball player or football player. The odds of a kid using science for the rest of their lives as a full time, you know, as, a, as as something they can do for a career, probably a little bit more realistic, and therefore, it's important. To get those kids involved, and, and you're kind of in charge of that. So yeah. that's like a big responsibility. No, Now I'm making your head even bigger. Yeah, I'm going to leave that's today. Pressure, I'm going to not be able to leave. That's a lot of pressure, though. Now you have the entire next generation <laughs> oh, to uh, yeah. get in into into science because we need that. Because if we didn't have that, and this is something we'll get into, we wouldn't have people in the U.S. discovering, I guess not discovering, but what, uh, can you explain... I want to I want to get the word right, but I'm not going to get it. But they they've exacted nuclear fusion somehow. They've they've ignited. Ignited is yeah. that what it is it, when it, you it, smash the two? It's an ignition. So okay. we've got ignition, and that is a big deal. We have ignition. 
all, yes. all, kind of like the moon rocket we we're sending. We, mm-hmm. we finally got that in the air. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, nuclear fusion, kind of a big deal. Um, what else? I, I want to do, you know, if you, we probably should have did this last month because I feel like December 14th is a little late, but I want to do real Christmas tree versus fake Christmas tree and kind of the impact that has on the environment. Mm-hmm. It's going to say nature it kind of impacts nature as well. Um, uh, I mentioned the rocket. You have, let's see here. Uh, I just have a couple, a lot of little space updates. I mean, James Webb uh, is is got a lot of cool things that it's been doing as of late. Just when you in say time. James Webb, people are like, who is this guy? Oh, the James, well, he's dead now. Right. His telescope lives on. His telescope in space. Um, just a couple, like, NASA news. There's a lot of little NASA news stories I wanted to share. Uh, I think uh, December is a rush month for scientists to get that last discovery that can make the top of 2022 lists, right? So, like, the best photos of 2022. Well, people are often um, spur, not spur of the moment, but, like, uh, something of the moment. I can't think of the word, but, like, when somebody's trying to get a record, if you do something right before they go and look for the records, do something on January 1st, we're going to forget about it by the end of the year rankings, Mm, right? But if you do something on December 14th or beyond, it's fresh in your mind. So you're like, oh, yeah, remember that thing that they did two weeks ago? It's just, it's... Uh, Playing so, for the awards right now. Science, so they're really bringing their A game. It also sounds like scientists are on health insurance and they hit their deductible, so they have to have all their surgeries right before the end of the year. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there was that big change with HS uh, health savings plans. Uh, I, I, NPR covered this, that you it's no longer carrying over. You have to use it or lose it, which is a big change. Oh, that must be certain... That must be certain, certain health. Yeah. Yep. That's uh yeah health insurance. My goodness. I talked to Tammy Baldwin a little bit about this, but we didn't we didn't have enough time because Tammy Baldwin, U.S. Senator, Wisconsin. Um, she said she said to me that her reason for running for office was because of how goofy healthcare is, and it's maybe kind of improved, but also it hasn't at all. Like we're still on <laughs> health insurance, so we're not doing that today. Um, man, you get me on a tangent. Oh man, talk about insurance. That's that's a lit science topic. And I guess just generally Wisconsin, I found a great source on Wisconsin snowflakes. Just miscellaneous Wisconsin snowflakes I think we could end on. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Man, I, I know I feel like that's going to be the biggest segment. You think so? I mean, Wisconsin snowflakes supposed to snow like a couple inches tonight starting at 9. I think the National Weather Service posted, um, and you'll hear Brad do it on the news, I believe, here in a minute or in 15 minutes. I don't know which cast he's going to do uh, weather news, but... Um, yeah, the National Weather Service is posting some stuff about, um, you know, weather. Uh, let me let me pull that up real quick before we go to break. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Here we go. Uh, wondering when the period of heavy snow may begin. Expect it to start by late evening in the Interstate 94 corridor and north and gradually sp- spread west overnight. The, west, the heavy snow should begin to taper off by sunrise everywhere with a slow morning commute tomorrow. So anyone thinking about driving to work tomorrow... Which is everyone, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like it's going to be kind of, uh, it's not going to be great. So uh, plan ahead, maybe get to bed a little early so you can get up a little earlier tomorrow morning. Um, and I even warned Ken Cooper, who's going to be in here for the morning show, that he might have to get up a little earlier to get in here to tell you guys uh, in the morning that the weather's going to suck or it's going to be awesome. This is the when it snows. That's when I like to go to Rotary Lights. Oh, it's snowing out, and now that's I want to go. That's when it's super aesthetic. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. the whole point. I mean, when it's raining out, that's just very depressing. Speaking of that, rotary lights, one day, one year ago tomorrow is when the windstorm took everything out. 
I talked to the National Weather Service this morning about that. It's a pretty interesting conversation. Wisdomnews.com slash podcast. It's under the lacrosse talk, or there's a story on it at wisdomnews.com. It's pretty interesting, just the uh, derecho and the, the the record windstorms. And I don't know, is that something you're into? There's just the weird weather phenomenon that happened? I'm, I mean, it's, the weird weather phenomenon are inherently linked to climate change a lot of the ways. I think people... Um, don't realize that they're like, oh, it's just a one-off, but it's the trend that we're seeing in these increasing storms that are more devastating than they've ever been before. Yeah, that is quite interesting. I don't know what your snow facts are for Wisconsin, but there's also fun. There's <laughs> also a sidebar to that with uh, how snow is dwindling in Wisconsin over the over you know what over the past couple of decades. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back with Spencer Halsey from UW Lacrosse in a minute. This what you do when this song comes on? Overrated. Is that a common cheer? That's a cheer at uh, basketball games a lot of the times. It's a, kind of a mean cheer, actually. I was talking about uh, I was talking about this a little bit this morning. Just the the things that people in the crowd feel like they can do, even though it's very inappropriate. Professional games, especially. But oh man, even even parents at just their kids' games are getting out of hand. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Wham! Last Christmas, the number two ranked song on the timeout.com Christmas list, which I will go to for the rest of, well, 11 more days, I guess. Not counting the days that I'm not in here. Do you play Christmas music, Christmas music December 26th? No. That would done. be, no, because that, and that'll be Monday. So mm-hmm. I'll be, I should be in here. I actually don't know if we get a day off, like, it's weird Christmas is on a Sunday, so what day does do the we workers get off? Get off our, you know? our campus uh, takes off 23rd and 26th. Well, and your campus takes off from like Christmas to February, right? Like mm-hmm. what, the students are off, you know, unless they want to do a what in uh, mid mid winter mid, semester. Winter semester, that's yes. what we're calling it. J term is that yeah, is that J-term. what it's called? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what the cool kids call it. I have a fun fact I learned. Uh, Wisconsinites might know this inherently, but not being from here, this was very interesting to me. Um, but Wisconsin schools, like colleges, by by state legislature, are required to start way later than any other state. Uh, so, oh, like, yeah, required, yeah, like yep. two weeks. You know why? It has to do with like tourism resorts, in, tourism, industry. tourism. Yeah, that's just wild to me. I guess Illinois doesn't have any tourism, so. right? No tourism in Illinois. I mean, it, I mean, besides Chicago, what, what is there in Illinois, really? It, um, it's not, got nothing. It's on just Wisconsin. another. It's just another way. Well, like the state, like caters to, like businesses. Oh, like tavern league versus everything else. Because Brad Williams is is working on a story right now. There was a PFAS talk. I think did he say with the governor? He popped his head in here, and I can't remember if he was talking about the governor. Yeah, or maybe I said DNR. But there's a PFAS talk, and and like the we're trying to determine what level of PFAS can be in our drinking water that we can drink, which is just like zero would be a good number, but that's impossible. And and the the feds want to say like a very small amount, whatever mm-hmm. it is per trillion, like point two parts per trillion or something like that. And then the Wisconsin DNR, some of the people on the Wisconsin DNR policy board are like, no, it needs to be this because if it's what you guys say, then it'll cost industry too much to take the PFAS out of the water. And it's like, just sac- it will just sacrifice the, you know, the vulnerable humans that have to drink PFAS water. And then, and then that gets into a healthcare talk. Anyway, we're ranting. Mm-hmm. Spencer Wilkin is in here. She was Spencer Halsey, like maybe a month and a half ago, yeah. but now she's Spencer Wilkin, Mrs. Photon. She's the UW lacrosse outreach coordinator. We're talking science today. And okay. So 
because we got to go. There's another break coming up. Mm-hmm. The fusion talks going to take the big a big chunk, right? I mean, I suspect so. It's really it's the biggest science news of the twentieth twenty first century. Well, I heard that. that. Is true. It's the big okay. So yeah. we'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour. It's the biggest science news of the twenty first century, but that's only twenty two years. I mean, but. I mean, there's a cool way to say it, and what's there's a the not big, cool way to say it. The biggest, you found the not cool way to say What's the biggest it. science news of the 20th, 20, 21st century? Is it, wait, what? So we're in 21st. Yeah, the 20th off. century. All right, what was the 1900s science? <laughs> uh, now I'm making you Google. Oh, God, I don't even know. It can't be that big if you got to Google it. You no, can't, it can't just, what? It, all right, all right, what's the first? The 1900s, I mean, would it be like, I mean, it could be anything, right? The cell phone? No, no. The internet? The cell phone was big. Um, Wait, is the internet part of this? Yeah, yeah it's all internet. of the 1900s. I guess right, right? I would say the internet. Okay, do we want in the grand scheme of things, fusion? If, but in theory, if it worked the way we wanted it to work, what's going on? Would oh, you, my headphones. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought maybe you were hearing something. I wasn't. Because uh, sometimes something will pop off in here, and then it'll be in the background. <laughs> fusion. <laughs> if, if we could have. By way, I was playing again. <laughs> if we could have the internet or fusion, fusion. we would want fusion. Yeah, right? so, fusion. <laughs> so. And we're not there yet. We're not there. Okay, we're wasting all the time. I, w- I want to do. What, can we go to the snow Wisconsin facts that I, the thing that I didn't open yet? But yes, because this this will be fun. And also, like we got a couple of minutes that to just talk about. Um, and I'll just I'm gonna you you kind of de- I don't know if you've had that deciphered yet, but there's there's this thing um from Wis uh Wisconsin Watch on. Mm-hmm. On Wisconsin, so I'm going to read this real quick. Our Wisconsin winters getting warmer, and we're talking about you have snow facts, which would be like counter to this, not counter, no, but like it's, it's like a very interesting dichotomy. Is it kind of related? Yes, right. Like, and I don't know if it's as doom and gloom as this, but no. Um, yes, Wisconsin winters are getting warmer. In 2021, report commissioned by Governor Tony Evers, scientists at the Wisconsin Initiative on Climate Change Impacts concluded that the state is getting warmer, quote, especially in the winter. Uh, I didn't have to read that one. Partnership is between uh, University of Madison Institute for Environmental Studies and the DNR. Uh, winter warming is most apparent in northern Wisconsin, which seems kind of weird, where temperatures are up four to six degrees Fahrenheit since 1950. So in the last, what, 72 years, the temperatures in northern Wisconsin are up five degrees. That seems insane That's, in the winter. I mean, Wisconsin, it, it almost feels like it's concentrated, but I mean, Wisconsin... Certain areas of the globe are experiencing more intense um, changes than others. I mean, Wisconsin is actually not the most climate-impacted state. It's Florida and Louisiana, but those dis- those changes are if, still quite. If extreme. you go the whole globe too, doesn't this start? Doesn't this stuff start at the poles or not? Yes, it okay. is. It is very noticeable at the poles. Okay, and next next graph here: winter temperatures are also expected to increase by an additional five to eleven degrees. By 2050. So Wisconsin winter temps are going to go up another 10 degrees, meaning winters will be milder, about a month shorter than they are, and will produce about 14 fewer inches of snow, according to the DNR. So, uh, I mean, we can look outside right now and go, yeah, we, uh, this, this is a, because when I was a kid in the 80s, my mom always shares this picture of us, uh, like, in the ditch, so on next to a highway, in the ditch, but we're standing next to the no passing zone sign, which is 10 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. And we're standing next to it because there's that much snow. And that never happens anymore. So, so yeah, this is a fun, the fun fact of that. The earliest uh, recorded snowfall ever in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, was actually September 28th, 1928. Uh, that year had the earliest recorded snowfall. 
And this kind of plays into what um, that won't that won't happen again. This kind of plays into time. what I talked about this morning with the the derecho and the in the seventy no twenty seven tornadoes in the lacrosse area a day a year ago yet tomorrow twenty seven tornadoes uh, the most wind gusts ever um, and until like three months later when that that record was broken and there was just so many records I should I, I'll show you the records of the break Spencer. Um, but okay, snow facts. This is a little bit less doom and gloom, but yeah. So, I, so first, snow fa- fact was the earliest trace of snow was September twenty eighth ever in Wisconsin history. Um, our record season snowfall, that means like for for the winter, is a hundred and one total inches of snow, which I just think was can you, that's just a lot of snow. It's a very snow heavy um, winter, and the most in a single day is 26 inches of snow, and that was in 1904. So there you go, right right after Christmas. 101 inches, just if eight, it's eight and a half feet. So I, I can I can think eight and a half feet a little easier than 101 inches. Because yeah, I'm thinking like I'm person. six feet, you know, and mm-hmm. then uh, you always see, you'll, you'll see them once in a while. Or, you know, in the like the Alps when they're trying to plow the roads for the Alps, but the snowplow is literally like, there's, oh, there's just in, banks. Of, yeah, it's yes. embedded in two like cliffs of snow. So you always see that. Well, yeah, we're not seeing that all that often anymore. Um, you have more snow facts. Yes, the what, snow. Where are you looking month. at too? Because this thing is oh, not. Sorry, wh- whatever uh, that is. That that is my. I, I always like to cite my sources. That is the source for my source. Okay. That is an actual data table. Wisconsin State Climatology Office. Yes. So got to got to sort your got to cite your sources. And I that's wonder just raw data. I wonder if Sorry this uh, if the, and this came from the Wisconsin. Oh, from the UW. Did it come from Madison? Yeah, I Wisconsin. think so. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Keep going. All right. Uh, the snowiest months for um, Wisconsin, I, I believe, is January on average, not makes, December. It's now sense. it's now January, um, but the record holding month is technically. February. So at a, on average, it's it's January, but 37 inches in one month in February 1994. A very unscientific thing I used to think about at some point in like, I don't know, when I was young was because the winters keep getting like the December snow keeps going later and later. And like we don't usually get it until almost Christmas now. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger. So that whole thing is always on my mind. And at some point in my life, I was like, is that because when we do leap year, it's by like a third and a third is like. Not quite the, an exact, you know, because it's mm-hmm. point three. Oh, you're thinking there's like a gradual shift. So, as how many, and you don't know this, but however many years we've been doing leap year, and then so that point three three three. So there's like what point one or point whatever the the extra. Oh, you're thinking it's like of, adding up and shifting it. So I don't think it's our been seasons that long. have shifted far enough to where like winter actually starts like December twentieth now, where. You know, a hundred years ago, or when we started doing leap year, which I have no idea. Like two thousand years ago, two thousand years ago. Okay, so we just started leap year right away. They were so science had figured that out already. Like mm-hmm. we need to add an extra day because our clock. So you don't think in two thousand and twenty three years, I think this, uh, we this add is the, the point... first time I've ever heard this take. <laughs> just... It's not climate change. It's our calendar is actually shifting, and I. Mm, I don't know okay, about so that. you have a month to think about this, and All then right. maybe do the math. Two thousand years, and I, I'm not exactly sure what the percentage would be. Would it be point one or point zero one? I don't know. So anyway, um, how, how are, much would that? How many days total would that? Like have yeah, like how? Missed? Yeah, because is it is it after two thousand twenty three years? Is it a, a day? Maybe a week? Not even a day, or is hour? it a month? Right? Well, yeah, it could be. There is there is. It's worth noting that Earth's orbit does 
change too. It's not consistent. Yeah. It, it, go, it increases, decreases. That's why they got they got rid of the leap second. They got rid of it. It's so inconsistent. It's now gone. Oh yeah, we were going to do that. We, we didn't do that. that. We were going to no. try to decipher the leap second, yeah, but we but decided it doesn't matter now. See, they they had to do a leap. Maybe my theory is actually just ends up being one second after two thousand twenty-three you know. years. So it'd be interesting to know, um, or not at all. So are we out of snow facts? Because these are the the biggest one. What's the one that sticks out the most to you out of Wisconsin snow facts? Do you have a a, a favorite Wisconsin? Well, just snow like fact? On, on your list, this is you. You might have read it already. I, but. I think my favorite Wisconsin snow fact is you can make ice cream out of snow. I learned that here. You can add condensed. Uh, sweet condensed milk, vanilla, and just mix it, and you have infinite ice cream. It's delicious. Should we be eating snow, though? If it's, I feel if like... it's fresh, you really? can make it. You it's sure? probably got PFAS in it, but... I'm sure it does. <laughs> I mean, my dog, my dog eats snow all the time. She Same. Just, it's like we're it's walking, right there. And she just, like a like a scoop, she scoops it up, and she doesn't stop. She's like, mm-hmm. I scoop it up, and I'm going to keep going until she rolls in it, and then watch out for the yellow snow, Millie. Oh, we got to do we got to do nuclear fusion talk now because we have, this is a big chunk and then after that I want to do Christmas fake trees versus real trees. All right. So we'll get that because that'll be a quick conversation I think. Mm-hmm. And people will be surprised I believe at the answer fake trees versus real trees. Um we did get a text. So Spencer Halsey the UW Lacrosse outreach coordinator and also Spencer Wilkin. <laughs> And also Mrs. Photon. Um, So Southside asked if your stats, snow stats, your snow facts were Mm -hmm. from just Madison because it's from the UW-Madison campus or Mm -hmm. science science geeks there. Um, But not all of them are from. Not all of them. So a lot of them are are from, based on Wisconsin numbers, whenever you're looking at like collective state data, Madison is usually used as a... um, like the representative population, but no, actually other states in other uh, counties in Wisconsin are also allowed to set records as it turns out. Um, and yeah, so one of my, one of the fun ones is how many inches um, fell in Nielsville Clark County. It was uh, 26 inches in 24 hours. And that is actually, that's the record Nielsville. That's the record. When 1904. I, when I moved to lacrosse. So in Minnesota, I was looking at houses and, Literally thirty inches of snow fell that day, so I that was the day. That was the day I was looking at the house that I that I bought. (laughs) And when we got there, somebody else had already looked at it because there were footprints in the snow, and we're like, "Who in the bleep?" And somebody like us, right? Um, Okay, this this is great. I love when you're in here for these. Uh, Texter fifty even one hundred years is just a blip in the time. Ten thousand years ago is just a blip in the times 10,000 years. There's no periods here. So I don't put a period in your text. My goodness. 10,000 years ago was an ice age Mm -hmm. with glaciers. It's been getting warmer ever. It's been getting warmer ever. Not sure if we had anything to do with that in the 1930s. Still hold the most, still hold most of the records for heat even now. Okay. So literally zero punctuation in any of that sentence. So I'm sorry. Essentially saying climate change isn't happening. Um, no, the, the, the I, temperature fluctuates. Uh, so, uh, I, I could, I could, one of the common things that I, I see argued is if you're looking back in the long span of time, I, there might be a couple ways. First is if he's saying that, you know, like only a thousand years ago, we were in a, um, you know, a, under a glacier, technically not lacrosse area, but, uh, yeah, yep. Uh, there, there has been major 
climate shifts throughout time that have obviously impacted things. But this is uh, our record of most intense change for such a short period of time. Well, he kind of said it, right? 50, even 100 years ago is just a blip, right? That's true. But the trends aren't great. In that blip of time, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. In the in the the hundred years, right? Let's just use our hundred years of our activity. The last, you know, the past hundred years, Mm -hmm. that blip of time, the amount of climate change, the amount of temperature change in that blip of time is is equal to maybe like a, and I don't know the time, a ten thousand year blip of time, quote unquote blip of time in in Earth's past. I mean, the the last. I mean, we're talking the last. large deviation from our our middle like our average yeah. that would be of equal value to this would have been around uh 16,000 BCE like if that far off a of standard is it was a long right, time but, ago but how long did it take for that blip that oh, that temperature change of years. that's what i'm saying right thousands of it years. took thousands of years 16,000 years ago mm-hmm. it took thousands of years for the temperature to change a couple of degrees right mm-hmm. Which is equal to how much how how the temperature change for us the past since like two, two thousand since like the year two thousand. Oh, good God! Yeah, I know it's really bad. I was doing a hundred years. You just did twenty three on me. Uh, it's I mean it's uh it's very it's a very sharp angle in our graphs. Uh, we have a lot of really good data uh, for for certain key areas because of your your guy that talked about uh, core ice core samples. Yeah, right. We can get a lot of information from those. We can look back. Um, turns out Earth is pretty good at keeping professor. the score. His name, Icy Pete, on mm-hmm. social media. Okay, so if, ultimately, can it, we solve this with nuclear fusion? How about I just? Yeah. Segue? So uh, because part of the part of the dilemma. Now, on Monday, I talked about EVs and how EVs are better be, than internal combustion because of the pollution, and not just your health matters, but the climate change that car pollution causes, and. I don't know if nuclear fusion solve, solves the internal combustion. We're all running on fusion generators like Back to the Future 2. Um, but, yeah, is is I guess like the breakthrough you said is is probably the biggest, not just this century. It's not, huge. Yeah. It's, so a lot of articles refer to it as the holy grail of science. Um, and usually bigger, you look at those. It's bigger than that. I mean, oh, yeah, I guess who even cares about the What's the holy, holy grail? grail? Uh, Monty like it's Python a, it's trying a, to find it. <laughs> it's a cup. To cup so, somebody drink out. Yeah, There's an Indiana Jones movie and a, and a yes. comedy movie about it. And, and this is in Back to the Future. It's Scientists are really just trying to keep up with Hollywood. So this is a huge deal. I don't remember, uh, don't know if you recall our conversation about three months ago about that uh, Korean scientist, the Korean laboratory that got a fusion reaction around 100,000. They, they had heated it up. They hadn't quite got fusion ignition, but they have really close. Well, it turns out they were quite close. Okay, wait, fusion. Okay. F- Sorry, they, uh, they, fission, they got really hot. Fission is nuclear. Nuclear fission, like the the A-bomb is splitting the atom. Mm-hmm. So we take an atom, we split it, and it releases you think about the atom bomb, right? Mm-hmm. It, like it releases that much energy, and if you can contain it, which is what nuclear plants do, they contain it somehow and turn it into energy. Fission is the opposite of that. So yeah, so fission is taking an atom and splitting it and releasing that yeah. energy. It takes in a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to break, and it releases a lot of energy. Fusion is the opposite and is much more challenging to to do. This project was over the course of sixteen years, and scientists capitalized upon Einstein's. Very fundamental equation, e equals mc squared, where energy can be changed uh, to into mass and vice versa. Mass is inherently energy. So 
um, with nuclear fusion, what's happening is you take two really light particles, and light not as in light as in photons, light as in they don't have a lot of mass, and you heat them up and you squeeze them together. Uh, the, the process of this is actually really cool. You shoot a hydrogen pellet at a array of lasers, and you just wait for you to get lucky, uh, and eventually it will it will fuse and produce heat. But with nuclear fusion, uh, the fused atoms, the two that were merged together, have less mass than when they originally started. So the total mass of particle A and particle B are fused, and they re- they lose some mass. And of course, on the surface, that sounds impossible because it sounds like mass should be conserved. Well, mass is actually turned into energy. So that is where the energy comes from. The, the uh, mass is uh, turned into heat energy, and the heat energy is then captured. The heat is then captured, and the uh, same is true for every fundamental energy-producing uh, science anywhere. Ultimately, the heat is used to create steam, and that steam spins a turbine, and that is where the energy comes from. The, the Why this is so cool is not only does it produce a lot of energy, it is also incredibly clean. Unlike fission, which produces a lot of waste, this has no uh, lasting radioactive waste. So we're not going to have three-headed turtles after having fission or uh, no, fusion. 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 So this is this is very clean. Uh, energy is expensive. Oh, boy, is it expensive. But this is monumentous. We, uh, scientists What do you mean by expensive? I mean, this took 16 it took, years. It was expensive to get here. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to heat up uh, atoms to over 150 million degrees Celsius, which is 270 million degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and just to picture that, the sun, the core of the sun, which also is sustained with fusion, um, is 27 million. So it's 10 times as much heat for us to do it than it is for the sun. In the in the in in a perfect world, when this works, what what are the... Uh, not consequences, but benefits. Do you have? Do you know that? Like I mean, what, what? I mean, everything. We're burning coal. We're burning. We're we're fissioning. Mm-hmm. We're fissioning. We're nuclear power planting. That all goes away, and we do this. So we. I mean, it would. Do we have to have power. these plants all over the place, or do we just need one big one? And then. <laughs> well, so this solves only one part of the energy problem. I think a bigger energy problem is actually storage. Yep. Uh, and so we still have to address that. So I mean, either we have to build a lot of fusion reactors all over. To, to get you, energy on time or find the, a way to store it. One of it. the funny ways to store energy that I read about, and you maybe you know this one, is you take a giant cement block, like gigantic, and you use, let's, let's say, fusion to to pull that block up into the air. So it's okay. very heavy. Potential and then, energy. So, and, and however high, I have no idea. And then when it's done, that block starts to come down, and then that's turning the turbine. So the cement block is then, you know... <laughs> It's no. This is legit. This is how I mean, they're. This is how they're storing energy right now. This isn't a like archaic thing. This I, is I mean, one of the. It's kind. Of, they're adding. You're turning. It's, it's not efficient, but I guess no. that would work. Well, it's it's not efficient, but it's very environmentally. Well, I guess I don't know how you get the cement, but be, besides like lithium batteries, right? Because you got to store it in batteries or, or oh, some yeah. other way. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, we have a we have a storing energy problem. Then. Yes, we we need a lot more concrete blocks. Yeah, Albert Einstein died in 1955. Like, it seems like Albert Einstein was, like, like hundreds of years ago or something like that. Like, the dude died just not that long ago. Like, I, like my – I've never thought about this. I need to ask – you ever think about this? Like, you just ask your parents, hey, you know, you ever listen to Albert Einstein talk? Right? <laughs> I, it's, it's possible. I mean, my parents are a little 
little young for that. Grandparents, maybe. Yeah. Anyone out there just heard Albert Albert. Einstein live? Like, I don't know how you would have done that, but like on TV or something, I guess, back in the 1940. I got a chance to meet a Nobel Prize winner uh, not that long ago, and it was it was very cool. So he was from Canada, and I got to ask him a question. I was sitting, at a, we were at this um, luncheon with him, and I couldn't think of anything. And so I asked him uh, what everyone was really wondering, has he ever seen a moose? Um, and that was what I, that's what I get to carry with me for the rest of my life. I, I could ask this. Did you, you choked, man, essentially? I choked. You're like, oh, did he laugh at least? Yeah, that was hilarious. But, uh, so I got a win, but not really. Why did you, why did you come up with that? Because I just, I, was, I just from watched. Canada. I've never seen oh, a okay. moose. Because I just watched a stand-up comic talk about, oh, I think it was Jim Gaffigan, if you know. Lo- yeah. Jim Gaffigan comes to Milwaukee every, like, right around Christmas time. So he'll be in Milwaukee, I'm He's sure. like Milwaukee His wife's as from a human. Milwaukee. Like, if you took Milwaukee and just incarnated <laughs> it, that's Jim Gaffigan. But Jim Gaffigan, like, he talks about seeing a, a moose in per- you know, he's like, mm-hmm. you have no idea. So, like, you're not off base here. But I think I think somebody like that would appreciate You wouldn't appreciate it after the fact because you asked the Nobel Prize winner if they've ever seen a moose. Yep. Also, it would have been more random if he was from, like, Australia. See, but well, that would have been even more interesting, though. If you would have asked had... him if he had seen a kangaroo, that would have been interesting because he's from Canada. Like, no, but that would have been a you know terrible. That would have been wild. The odds are terrible yes. because unless he had all, unless all of a sudden he had like a crazy kangaroo story. What if I just like like unlocked a core memory of his by asking this question. Like <laughs> well, he went to a zoo did. as a kid and then he got in a fight with a kangaroo and I just said, have you ever seen a kangaroo? And he freezes. I feel like when we talk about snow, that unlocks core memories for all kinds of people. When we talk about like back in the day when it snowed 30, 26 inches and in mm-hmm. whatever co- county you just said. Uh, um, all right. So I feel like we didn't spend enough time in the fission talk for this thing being the greatest thing in the history of mankind at but, this point. I mean, if you talk with a Fusion. Nobel Prize winner about F- moose. Did I say it right? Fusion. Fusion. Fusion, Fusion yeah. Fusing atoms together. Um, the, the the dilemma there is it's, we, it's hard to get it that hot. Is that the it's, dilemma? Yeah, it's it's hard to contain. It's hard to align. It's it's so much easier for a particle to just not it just to not fuse, um, and so they they really rely on. How do the particles feel about this? I think it we feels like to... like two people that don't want to be with each other, and we're like, you get together. I mean, fundamentally, yes. So um, in uh, in physics, opposite charges um, repel, right? And well, I'm so sorry. Opposite charges attract. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh no! I've just failed. Think my magnets, physics. people. Think I've magnets. I've said this 180 times. All right. So plus and minus, uh, plus and plus don't want to be next to each other. Yeah. So they they inherently repel. So whenever you have charges that want to repel, um, it's it's really quite quite challenging to get them to to ignore that. The heat plays an important role. It actually excites electrons uh, such that they will leave an atom uh, and make these these kinds of things possible and it'll just get over i think it's called a van der waals force don't don't quote me on that the, um uh, uh, get over the force that it require coulomb force nope that's the force between the dilemma atoms. in all this is it's is, hard is okay i'm trying to understand fusion and then the the like the benefits that this will have for mankind and maybe the earth and the environment but also like i we don't even understand fission like in a, on a on a normal basis like and nuclear power plant, it it, it powers stuff. <laughs> and there's some nuclear waste that comes out. Nobody actually knows how, how it works, really. I mean, you kind of understand it a tiny, tiny fraction. <laughs> so now now we're trying to get you to explain 
fusion, which which scientists. <laughs> no, no, this is this is well known. Fusion is well known, but hard to do. Well, hard to do, but also like, and then once you do it, how do you sustain it? Well, sustain it and maximize it. Mm-hmm. How do we profit from it? How do that's, we profit from it? <laughs> that's uh, what's going to happen. It's so a lot of the articles, uh, like 2015, when this was this really started being big news. Um, we're, we're kept saying this is like a 50 year timeline. 50 years, 50 years. I mean, it was that's a pretty common why, number. Why is fusion better? Okay, because it doesn't have any waste. It does. It doesn't produce any radioactive waste. And it produces more energy than fission. Does it produce more? Like you get way more energy doing the fusing as opposed to doing the fizzing. That's actually <laughs> we don't know that. Probably. We probably know don't know that. that at, well, we wouldn't know that at this point, right? That would be all theory. Well, no, I mean, because we've it, done we it once it because it's theory. But uh, I mean, you can calculate the amount of energy. I mean, well, you're trying the, to Google stuff. You could just I say don't you don't remember. know. It's okay. I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, well, I, I, I feel like I should be Google this because that's. A, I want to know. Let's look it up. Give me some time. I'll check it out. I would say that to be an important part. We're uh, we're deep diving into why fusion why fusion is is the the thing, and it, this is definitely. I think an the general area. idea is because it takes less energy. So to fuse the atoms together takes less energy than one the, once they're fused. The energy that they expel, they expel more energy on the process than it takes to get them together. Yeah, that's that's it. That's the important part because we are releasing energy. So. It is a net positive because we're releasing yeah. energy from the form of mass. And everything else is not. Like, our cars don't run on... It takes more energy to, to burn fuel than to, to push the car. And there's waste produced. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't actually have committed wrong, to heart the, the efficiencies of fission versus fusion. I suspect if you are, are able to get uh, a fusion enthusiast um, on... Then, We're then working you on really, it. Like you yeah, have somebody, and I'm then trying. John Robinson at Viterbo said a central high grad is working in this field. So. We're actually efforting to try, and maybe we'll do that next month. I will never uh, claim to be an expert. Fusion is well. We're trying to talk about this is going to be a brand new leg of physics. This is going to this is going to fund so many jobs uh, in this area. We have literally one minute. All right, fake tree versus real tree. I gave him uh, um, real quick. There's there's a, some really bad articles out there, and then there was there was a really good one I sent you, and I forget which one it is. But when it comes to a Christmas tree, I I think at the end, and maybe you could tell me if I'm wrong, but when I from reading a couple of articles, uh, having a real tree is better than having a fake tree, mm-hmm. as long as you buy it from a farm that's going to replant, and oh, but and and then therefore it's sustain it. We're not losing trees in the process. Unless you keep your fake tree, which is made of plastics and probably shipped from China, for over a decade. You have to yes. keep that fake tree for over a decade. Yeah, so you, you get your environmental money's worth um, if you keep a tree for that long. And I've seen some old Christmas trees. Um, yeah, they're old. The only other, the better process is to buy a live tree that they replant. So, all right, that's Spencer Halsey from UW Lacrosse. Thanks, Spencer. Spencer right. Wilkin. <laughs>